Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woody Banter Book Club Podcast. I am Maddie, here with... Courtney, hello. And today, before we get into our book, we're going to talk to you about something very special. Maddie and I have come out with a line of bookmarks. Ooh, yes. Very cute. We made all of these together. Um, We'll be selling them on Etsy for like $4.50. All of it goes towards helping out the podcast with all kinds of different things, um, all the programs we use to edit, that sort of thing. Um, But I'm really excited about it. And we're also going to be dropping a new bookmark every month um, throughout the year. So we'll be kind of talking about that on our Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, But we would really appreciate it if you guys would support us and check out our shop on Etsy. Um, uh, With that out of the way, today, Maddie and I are going to be reviewing Behind the Scenes by, uh, I don't have the, I have the book on my phone, so Maddie's Carolia Stets Waters. Sorry, maybe we should preface this by this is our first book of our Pride series for the month of June. In all of June, we will only be reading books that feature, uh, some sort of LGBT plus character in the story. So keep that in mind. Anyhow, go ahead. Give your review. Okay. <laughs> or not your review. Give the summary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Okay, so behind the scenes follows Rose and Ash. Or I think her first name is Ashlyn Full, but she goes by Ash. Um, and Ash is a director she was a director in hollywood she was married to this fancy producer lady they got divorced after she had an accident so we've got kind of the disabled side coming in there representation hail um and ash is kind of down on her luck since she's been kicked out of the movie industry following her divorce her ex really like demonized her so she's afraid of love and she's also been blacklisted from hollywood uh, our other main character is Rose, who is a sister to three other ladies, um, and her parents died in a plane crash. So she's got a lot of trauma from that, and she has always been trying to help, like, raise her siblings. And so I know I love the sibling dynamic. It's probably because I have three sisters. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, they're a lot younger, but still, like, the the author did a really good job of showing that kind of relationship anywho rose is like a a business consultant she's a business fixer she comes in she advises them and she makes everything wonderful and she's super great at it and she's working towards partner in the book but she's not like super actually inclined to do that right it was just kind of a thing of circumstances where she got in the position she was in and she's really good at it because she's really good at a lot of stuff but on the side she does secret asmr videos um which i have feelings about but we'll talk about that later yeah anywho um ash's assistant basically reaches out to rose and is like hey i know you don't do movies but like my boss is really struggling she needs to make this pitch and it's her last shot to get like anything made in hollywood and we would love your professional opinion so rose is like i'll do a free consultation rose shows up um and they had met prior to this like a little run in a little meet cute at a, a pug activity 
a pug party in the city because Rose has a pug really crawl. Pug. <laughs> pug crawl is what they were calling it. It's making me laugh. Uh, yes. So uh, Rose and Ash, they meet. Rose decides that she's going to do this project with Ash pro bono, and she helps her get ready for the pitch to essentially is going to be paying for the project. Um, and throughout this story, they become friends, they become close, they fall in love, but there's a couple of obstacles that they have to overcome, which we'll talk a little bit more about in the spoiler section. But it does have, of course, a happy ending. Yeah. Uh, this book, I so I chose this book. And the reason why I chose this book is because of the cover. It has two little pugs here. And if you don't know, I have two little pugs. So I said, this book, I need to read this book. And I'm glad I did. I thought that it was really cute. And I thought that we'll get into it. But I think that it was funny. It wasn't, it's obviously like not the greatest book I've ever read in my life. It's, it's super good, but it's not like my favorite thing ever. It reminded me a lot of the way that I feel about uh, the book The Wedding Crasher, which we reviewed a couple, ep- not a couple episodes, like, I don't know, like three, three like months February. ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, But that book, it reminded me a lot of this, if that book didn't have that weird sex party in the middle of it. Um, but I, I still, I liked it. I thought it was good. And yeah, let's talk about it. Indeed. I also liked it. I think it had all of the makings of like a good romance book. And I've been reading a ton of books lately, so I don't know if it's just because of that. But like, it's not my favorite book ever, but it was good. Mm -hmm. It's worth your time. But we'll get Mm -hmm. into that. Um, Yeah. So we'll move into the first portion here, which is our recommendations, yes or no. So Maddie, would you recommend this book to a fellow reader? You know, I think that I would, but it wouldn't be at, like, the top of the books that I'd recommend for other people to read. Um, it's, it is very, uh, what's the word, like, formulaic, where, like, you mm-hmm. have, like, it's, it's pretty much just, it is a good read romance novel. It is just, it has a good romance, it has, they have good chemistry, it's a good story, they have good arcs, it's all good. But it's not, like, anything that, like, yeah, it doesn't, like, really stick out a whole lot. But it's, it if I, you know, knew somebody who was looking for, to expand their horizons of their romance books that they read, they don't want to read just some cisette, like, book, um, I'd, I, I would recommend this. But just in general, it wouldn't be, I would recommend it, but it wouldn't be at, like, the top of my recommendations lists. Indeed. Uh, I agree, particularly because, like I said, I've read a lot of books recently. I just finished up school and stuff, so I've been trying to tackle part of my TBR that's been long awaiting some of my free time. Um, But, like, the mass influx of literature that I've consumed has kind of made, like, assessing books a little bit differently for me, like, a little bit different for me. So, um, I think even now, if we were to go back through some of the books we read earlier in the podcast, I might give them different reviews. But I would recommend this one. It's definitely not at the top of my recommendations list. Uh, 
but it's definitely not like a waste of time either. It was a pleasant experience. I like I said, it had everything that I look for in a romance novel. Um, aside from like you know, I'm a diehard enemies to lovers. There was none of that here, but there are other respectable tropes. So, <laughs> um, I would recommend it to most of my fellow readers. Now. We'll see how this one goes. Would you recommend it to your younger sister? Um, no, because they do have sex quite a bit. <laughs> it's a little uh, towards, descriptive. Towards the end of the book, and it is a little descriptive. So for that reason alone, no, I wouldn't recommend it to people who are under majority. Because I feel like I can't say my sisters anymore. I mean... Sienna is about to be 17 and then she that's it like after she turns 18 she's gonna be an adult and I won't have any younger siblings um I mean I'll still have younger siblings they just won't be (laughs) below the age of majority um feels so old I know I know it's okay I will have younger siblings forever so (laughs) yeah that's true um I was gonna say something, but I'm I'm gonna wait to say it afterward. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I would I wouldn't recommend it to them just because like people under the age of majority, just because it is pretty descriptive. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe if like the thing is, is that it's descriptive, but it's not like nearly as descriptive as like things we never got over you know or like the Mm -hmm. twisted series but it is descriptive in a way that i would feel uncomfortable recommending it to a person under the age of majority but if i saw a person who was like 16 17 years old reading this book like in the library or something like that i wouldn't be too concerned about it because it's like books out of children yeah (laughs) yeah where i would rip i would rip i would rip this out of the child's hands i'd be like no you cannot read this book yeah, that's fair. Um, what would you say? I personally would not recommend it to my siblings because it is very descriptive. Like, I'm like, they're like pulling out anatomical charts right now and describing yeah. all of the pieces. Which, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe it's just because it's a lesbian romance. They go so far into detail. Because all of the other romances I've read, they're and they're all written. Most of them are written by women, so it's mm-hmm. not even like. But they just don't go. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I totally get that. But yeah, I mean, there were parts where I was like, "Oh my god!" So uh, usually when that happens, I'm like, "Ooh, yeah, this is not for my littles, my little sisters." So probably not. Um, that being said, it's not like totally heinous or anything like. It could be worse. Not not worse as in bad, but, like, more intense, you know? So. This, you could very much tell, was written for, like, women. Because there's, like, okay, there's, like, this theory. This is, like, totally off topic and vastly inappropriate. But, like, there is, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, this theory that, like, like, the PORN industry is very heavily geared towards, like, male pleasure and you can see that kind of also in these books. I mean, obviously there's women who are having like 5 minute, you know, but like <laughs> it still kind of focuses a little bit more on like the you know, the wiener opposed to <laughs> focusing on like the women. And so um 
that's why I think that it's a little bit different than what we usually read because this was like completely focused only on women. And when it's focused on completely women, it tends to throw us off because we're not used to that. I think like, well, to be honest, I think most of the, especially the romance novels we read are geared towards women. I know some men read them, especially the fantasy ones. Like Mm -hmm. those tend to be a little bit more of a draw in for the male crowd, but, and we, okay. Maddie had a Christmas party in December and we were explaining how romance novels work to Maddie's friend from school. Uh, I think he's Shout a out PhD, Kevin. Yeah, PhD candidate um, and a Nevada <laughs> police officer. We were explaining to them how romances work. And it's, I mean, like, yes, the PORN industry is uh, catered, I think, mostly towards men. The romance novel industry is catered mostly towards women in a very similar regard, right? And I was trying to explain to them, it's like, you do it for the plot, right? It's like eight hours building up to, like, the mm-hmm. moment. And they were like, why would you do that? And I was like, you guys just don't get it. But anyways, yeah. yes, this book was very much geared towards, like, I think what women look for with romantic gratification and stuff like that, which is more than just a physical attraction and stuff like that. it goes a lot yeah. deeper there's a lot more obstacles and stuff that have to be overcome to like establish a strong foundation but yeah no I totally agree but yeah. it, it was it was good I yeah I, I thought it was fine we'll talk about it when we get to the smut about how I feel about <laughs> it but we'll get to there <laughs> uh all right so we're gonna move on to our four pillars and for those of you who are joining us perhaps for the first time maddie and i like to rank most books sometimes the categories don't always apply but we like to assess most books on four categories on a scale of one to five because 10 is simply too many um and the pillars are witty banter character development smut and realism um and don't ask me how we came up with those i don't remember i know witty banter obviously it it's very important but i think it was just mostly the stuff that we like specifically look for when we read anywho mm-hmm. um the first pillar is witty banter and maddie on a scale of one to five what would you rate behind the scenes so i think that their relationship is different than what we would normally think of when we think about witty banter um because i feel like they had good banter but i don't really necessarily think that it was witty and the reason is is because they just like each other like they just like each other from the start and they're both just dealing with their own things and they're older and they they just like each other um so i'm gonna give it a four i don't think that it was like because it's not it's not witty it's not i mean there's like some parts that are witty but it's mostly just two people who really like each other and like respect each other and that's all it really is Yeah, and I agree. Like, there's not the contention that's needed, per se. And there doesn't even need to be a contention necessarily to have witty banter. It's just not necessarily their personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they do like each other from the very beginning, kind of. uh, And also, like Maddie said, they're older. I think they're in their late 30s, early 40s, both of the um, main characters in this novel. Uh, if, if we were rating like dialogue on a scale of one to five, I would probably give them a four, maybe a five, um, cause they do have pretty good chemistry. Um, 
but because it is witty banter, I want to give it a three. And that's not to say that like, like I said, their dialogue is good. It's written well. It's just not like what you look for with like witty banter. Mm-hmm. This is the, the witty part. It doesn't right. detract at all from the relationship, but it's also not doesn't really fit in that category i guess so it's hard to give her give it a higher score that being said the dialogue is still good but yeah all right uh now on a scale of one to five how would you rate their character development throughout the book i think that they both had really great character development especially ashlyn i think that she had really you know she not to get in too much into it because of the spoilers and whatnot, but she had like a very traumatic experience followed by another traumatic experience. And she's just been trying to navigate her life post-divorce, post-divorce, post-accident, trying to regain her confidence in herself, in her abilities. And I think that it was really, I thought it was done well. I think that they're, both of them had really define character flaws and character traits and character things that needed to be developed and i think that all of them were satisfied in the end and i think that there's only one issue i have with it but we'll get into that in the spoiler section but overall i think that it was really good so i'm actually going to give it a four because i don't think that there's the one thing that i have that i don't think was great but we I can't talk about it because it's like a huge spoiler, but okay. <laughs> anyway, I give it a four. I agree with most of those sentiments. Like Ash is disabled, basically, and I won't tell you exactly why, but um she has a lot of mental barriers and stuff to overcome, a lot of insecurities that come with disability. Now I'm disabled, but I'm not physically disabled, right? So like it's hard to, I appreciate the representation of disabled people in books. It's harder for me to like, you know, um, put myself in their shoes because my disability isn't like a physical hindrance to me necessarily. Um, but I did appreciate like, there were certain struggles she had to go through that I resonated with. I guess that goes more towards realism, but I think that her character development, you know, realizing her self-worth despite all of these things that like maybe her body is incapable of or making harder for her um all while like trying to extend love to another person I thought that that was really like raw and good um and I think like her character development throughout the book made sense she also was heartbroken so like a lot of Ash's struggles I think were really difficult and I think that she handled them in a good way I mean for a while she was just kind of out of the industry because she was forced out um but you know sometimes people need time to heal and so to like see her kind of come full circle at the end of the book was awesome um Rose also is just kind of like a caretaker provider everyone else's needs first um because her parents passed away Um, And she has all these siblings that she feels compelled to take care of. So it was nice to see her not not necessarily do something selfish, but to like shift gears, especially at this point in her life where she's like, I think she's like 38, shift gears to focusing more on herself and what she wants, what she wants out of her career, especially because although she's really good at what she's doing, it's not necessarily fulfilling 
So it's really nice to see her kind of just come into her own and make things about herself finally after so long caring for everyone else. And she still has those characteristics where she's a caretaker and stuff, but just more making sure that she's fulfilled. So I thought the character development was excellent. I'm going to give it a four, I think. Like, it was really good. It could have been a little better, I'm sure, but I thought it was... uh, really beautiful a lot of the obstacles that they had to overcome and I loved where both of them were at the end of the book yeah where they started out so um that was a really good pillar for me for this particular mm-hmm. book all right um we will move on to smut <laughs> on a scale of one to five Maddie what would you rate the smut in this book okay the smut in this book was really good I liked it a lot okay um I would give it, like, a four because there are a couple of lines in the smut scenes that made me go, okay. That just, you know, it just gives you that, And it's not anything to do with, like, (laughs) uh, can I just read? I don't know. I don't know if I can find it. But there's just, like, one where, like, uh, she's describing her pubes. And I'm just, like, I don't need it. I don't need that graphic. I don't need to know that. Please, yeah. please. I know it's natural. I know it's normal, but I don't need to know that they're golden and curly. <laughs> yeah, like I would be equally distraught if I was reading a book and the author described a man's genitalia with that much fervor. Um, I know it's there. I don't need to be reminded. Yeah, we listen. <laughs> most of us are ladies. Some men here, but the vast yeah, majority like have seen a vagina age. at some point. We do yeah. not need you to <laughs> describe it in full detail. Yes. You can mention it, but, like, we don't need the whole enchilada. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. No. There's just, like, there's just like a couple of things like that that just see me go, ugh, that I didn't love. So I'm going to give it a four, but the smut itself is not bad. So. It's very illustrative. Mm-hmm. Very. I would give it a four, too, just on, like, the quality, content, and spice. Obviously, because it's more descriptive, I would classify it as a little bit more spicy, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's certain books we read where it's, like, fade to black. Um, And the next one that we're going to review is kind of like that. But uh, this one, full detail. Full detail. Um, But it was still good, and I was still, like, really happy for them when I was reading it. So, like, yeah, it's a four. Mm And they have really good chemistry. It's not quite the chemistry of some of our other beautiful, wonderful uh, main characters from some of our other books, but it's still really strong and really good. So I think it's deserving of a four. Now, on the last category, Maddie, how would you skate? How would you rate this book on a scale of one to five for realism? So there's kind of a a hard thing there's a couple of hard things here one i'm not gay so i don't know what it's like to be in a relationship like this um two my family not nearly as supportive as that (laughs) whoa both of them got like everybody in their corner my family would be like not not if i was gay just in general if i do anything it's okay um yes exactly um I also am not in my late 30s in a well-established career. I'm 25 and unemployed, so <laughs> <laughs> nothing going on there. Um, 
so it's hard for me to really the same way that it's hard for you to rate like daisy jones and funny you should ask in like the books about like celebrities it's hard for me to really resonate with these characters in like a way that i can attribute whether or not their relationship is real realistic or not uh it seems realistic to me i read it and i didn't see any like things that would be like mm, that doesn't really seem like that would happen but i i don't really know so maybe I, i'll give it a four as well but i don't know okay. i think so my only contention with the realism of the plot points is um one i mean like it's hard like you said it's hard with any like celebrity book ash is like celebrity adjacent because she's a film director um but a lot of people in like hollywood know her and stuff i don't know a lot of the stuff that happens though is just like i have no concept for whether or not this is how things are actually run um but yeah i mean like also as much as I love my sisters, I don't know if this is just because they're so much younger than me. Like, my oldest sister is six years younger than me. But, like, how close they are and the things they talk about, I'm like, I would never say anything like that to mm-hmm. any of my sisters. Mm-hmm. Like, we're close. Um, I love them. I trust them with stuff. But, like, the details of your sexual escapades, perhaps not. Um, and I don't know if that's just me. That might just be sisters who are, like, closer in age. Like, Maddie and I have no frame of reference for this, because all of our siblings are younger, like, significantly younger. So there's never been that type of relationship. The only one I can think of is, like, my relationship with you. And even then, mm-hmm. I'm not going into, like, <laughs> gory detail like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were, like, my only contentions with the realism. But I thought, like, the the pacing of the book was really nice. I thought that, like, most of the stuff that happened happened over an appropriate amount of time. And I also, like, I know this is a stereotype for lesbian women, but, like, serial monogamy and also, like, quickly falling in love um, are, I think at least lesbian stereotypes and those were kind of prevalent through the book so I don't know if those are realistic from my limited knowledge they are but um I don't know I liked their dynamic and honestly like I have lesbian aunts so I kind of was like just comparing them to them in my head the whole time um and there were a lot of things that they did that reminded me of my aunts so I want to say it's realistic aside from like those few little nitpicky things that I have so I'm gonna give it a four as well okay um now overall review of the book one to five I gave it a four okay because I really enjoyed reading it I liked their story it felt like it had a really good ending and it was really conclusive and everything was like fixed at the end and everything ended happy and I liked it a lot so I gave it a four yeah, I think it's also a four for me. I'm going to be honest, I think it's on, like, the lower end of the four spectrum just because, like, it was a good book, um, but I'm not just going to, like, give it a good rating just to give it a good rating. It has all of these central elements of a romance novel. I liked it. I was happy at the end, but it's not, like, life-changing. It deserves a four because it was beautifully written. The characters were awesome. The chemistry was there. But it's just not, like life-changing to me it's definitely Mm -hmm. not a three but it's not like a four I'm just giving it a four because I'm trying to be more stingy with fives like it's a true honest to god four right that's 
that's how I feel about it too. Like it just, I enjoyed it and it was good. There's nothing missing in the story, but there was just something missing for me that made it a five, a four. No, like if it, like if it was like it would have made it a five oh, oh, had, oh, oh, had okay. it had what I was missing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I just think it was. It's like a lot of the other romances, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like there, it's it's very formulaic. Um, and the formula works. That's why romance is kind of becoming bigger now and stuff like I mean, reading romance has been a deal for a while. But like, especially with TikTok and stuff, I think it's become a lot more prevalent. But like, I don't know. It was just a lot of the same kind of plot points we see in a lot of other stuff mixed together. But it was executed really well. So mm-hmm. um, that being said, I don't have any castings. Do you have any castings? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Well, uh, then we are going to move on to the spoiler portion of this review. So if you have not read the book and would like to read it, please hop off and come back to the podcast when you're done. So you can kind of uh, hear what Maddie and I talk about on the plot points. Feel free to um, disagree with us if you must. uh, But be careful not to leave any super big spoilers in the comments or anything. Um, If you don't care to read it, but you would love to hear more about the plot, go ahead and stay on with us. Um, I didn't tag anything specifically. I did not tag anything in this book. Okay. The next book, however, I have like a (laughs) hundred. So, um, okay. Uh, Basically, so the book starts out with her meeting Ash at, like, a pug crawl. And she's, like, feeding her pug, like, out of the trash. or <laughs> And, the, like, her pugs are, like, wearing, like, Gucci sweatshirts and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's the life that my pugs want. <laughs> they want to be them so bad. That's why I'm getting a legal degree, Maddie. Oh, yes. So I can provide for my nephews. Mm-hmm. Um, but their names are Muffin and Cupcake, right? That's the pug names. Yeah. So cute. So cute. But basically we're introduced and we find out that she has an ASMR channel, which I hate ASMR, okay? I'm so sorry. I just, I cannot get behind that. It's That's so just cringy. That- it's so cringy to me. And it's funny because she even acknowledges that it's kind of cringy. And, like, there's always been, like, this question about whether or not ASMR is, like, sexual or not, right? Like, it's always been kind of like, oh, are people, like, getting off to this? And the answer in this book is yes. People are, in <laughs> fact, getting off to ASMR. Uh, and that is just so weird to me. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I got the Bose headphones. You know, I listen to... To some music and sometimes it makes me feel like oh wow this is really nice and when I used to smoke weed I thought that it like was amazing to listen to music and so maybe everybody in the world is just getting really high and listening to ASMR and that's like why it's so I don't know I've never been able to get into it I can like I can watch the visually satisfying videos like people cutting sand and stuff Mm -hmm. I don't mind that but when it's specifically emphasized around sound especially when all of the people who do it are like hello (sighs) oh stop stop it (laughs) I hate it it's so weird sometimes Um, I do it to my friends just to fuck with them like hey guys what's up okay But I'm like, so sorry to our listeners. <laughs> I've always found it like, I don't know why, but inherently sexual, which makes it weird to me. Um, 
and also like yeah I don't I just I think it's cringy I don't like it I'm not gonna like hate on anybody who just watches it but like I personally have not ever and cannot get into it and I do not know anybody who likes it so. The only ASMR that I have ever listened to in my life, and it's never willingly, like it's always just <laughs> on my For You page, it's Trisha Paytas's ASMR when she's like pretending that she works at like McDonald's with like yeah. one of those little kid cash registers. And so she's like, can I take your order? Okay, you want a cheeseburger? Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's the only ASMR I've ever heard, and it's always been unwillingly. I've never sought out Trisha Paytas ASMR, but I've, I've seen like clips of that. And when I scroll through TikTok, there's always lives of people like. There's one I've run into multiple times, and I've never clicked on it, so I don't know why it always pops up in my feed. But it's literally this woman or somebody just scooping wooden beads out of a water bowl with a ladle. That's all it is, and I see it. Like every day I get on TikTok and it drives me nuts. Um, but TikTok like, you know, lives drive me nuts because it's always like some like weird random person in like some Asian country doing <laughs> pearls, like always like plucking apart pearls to like get the per- or pl- plucking apart oysters to get the pearls out. Or the the um the crystal lady who just yes, are definitely like resin crystals. There's no yes. Way. And then there's, like, somebody who's, like, always trying to, like, do a tarot. Like, if you're seeing this right now, just know that your crush is going to message you in one hour from now. Your yeah. crush, they're coming for you. They like, they let me know in the King of Wands that they want you and they want you bad. So, right. And it's just, like, a random card. They're like, I'm getting the – or there's, like, the psychics. I'm getting the sense that there's somebody with the name Jay – who you're interested in but j is like the most common j and a are like the two most common names yeah yeah anyhow (laughs) now that we're off our tiktok live rant Mm -hmm. um all that being said asmr is cringe and it is an element in this book so you have to take that with a grain of salt it did detract from the plot a little bit for me um a little bit especially so like throughout the book ash okay Rose is the ASMR artist. We learned that at the beginning. And we also learned- The cherry-covered apron or something like that. That's right. (laughs) And we learned at the beginning that Ash has been watching her ASMR videos forever. And they eventually find out later on down the line, like, that she is the ASMR artist, if you will. Um, But, like, Ash would listen to it for, like, comfort in bed and stuff to, like, talk her to sleep like a lover's caress and I was like this is just weird like I don't like this subplot (laughs) I don't know I listen to um city planner plays playing city skylines to go to bed every night I just it was just the ASMR part for me oh okay Um, but there's also a part later on in the book where she's like doing ASMR with like a a chard and she's like stroking it I was like Mm -hmm. what yeah, she's talking about like how she's like pretty much like fingering uh some sort of melon or something like that, and I'm just like, do you know what it reminded me of? Actually, the last time you were here and we had those cantaloupes, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. We had cantaloupes, and they like when we opened them, they still had like that stringy 
part on like the inside on both you know. sides. You know the part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you assume what the conversation was like about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so ASMR. Um but yeah, they so they have a, a meet cute basically outside of Ash's production studio where she's making commercials and stuff now because she's been blacklisted from Hollywood. And let's talk about how big of a piece of shit Ash's ex-wife is really quick. Dude, literally, yeah. The worst person ever, maybe. Um, So Ash gets in a car accident and she's severely injured. Physical scarring um, and also obviously very emotionally scarred. Um, Maddie and I have both been in like traumatic car accidents. Thankfully, there wasn't really like a ton of physical injuries, but I can definitely see where she was coming from. And in her time of need, she's in the hospital. What's her wife doing? She's like getting all pissy that um ash isn't there to take care of her and do all of this stuff because they write and produce they direct and produce movies together and so her wife is angry that she got in a car accident and she can't get out of the hospital and get well so that she can go and direct this movie that her that she's producing and it's a whole mess and then um she basically like jumped Ash jumps off the project because it's toxic and her and her wife are going to get a divorce. And her wife just totally throws her under the bus. Um, And, like, she basically was like, I can't take care of you anymore. Uh, Which is Mm -hmm. awful. And, like, I think there... There might be something to be said about, like, dealing with tragic accidents and stuff like that in a relationship, right? Like... I think people need to go to therapy, obviously. If your partner who you're married to gets in an accident and they are disabled and disfigured, permanently or otherwise, it obviously is going to take a toll on the relationship because they're not the relationship's chemistry is going to be different. However, when you're married to someone, I feel like you should at least try to go to therapy and stuff. I don't, I don't necessarily like... This might be controversial, but I don't necessarily look down on people who decide to split after a major accident when they're just too different afterwards to, like, reconcile. But abandoning your partner after a seriously traumatic, life-altering event that not only physically but mentally scars them is just such a shit move. And then to go to Mm -hmm. all of Hollywood and get them blacklisted because you're embarrassed that you did a shit job after they left the project that you're supposed to be working on together, it's just so awful so yeah not to mention that like a portion of the reason why they got divorced is because victoria her ex-wife was constantly trying to have sex with her but she like it was painful for her because of the way that her injuries were that she just like she could not have sex because it just wasn't enjoyable for her and victoria was like a total bitch about it and i'm like what the hell well and like i i can under i can understand a struggle with like being in a relationship and then suddenly not being able to have physical intimacy anymore, right? This happens all the time with people who end up being like paraplegics and stuff, right? Um, and they're they have um, issues with their reproductive systems afterwards. However, I also thought it was really weird that like Ash was willing to do whatever to like satisfy her wife, but her wife was mad that like she couldn't have sex with her. And it's, like, it's painful to her, 
she's still making sure that you're taken care of mm-hmm. in that regard. And like, I might have already said this, but like, I, you can have a conversation maybe after a huge accident like that. If there's a change in the dynamic of your relationship, I think you should seek out therapy and stuff. But just totally abandoning your partner is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's the villain of this story, rightfully so. Uh, and she makes Ash insecure for obvious reasons. Um, one, because she destroyed her career, two, because she ripped her heart out, and three, because she's, like, still trying to recover from this hugely debilitating accident. Um, but thankfully, throughout the book, Rose is able to kind of get her to come out of her shell. She's very respectful mm-hmm. of, you know, um, Ash's intimi- intimacy issues. And Rose has some trauma herself because her parents died in a plane crash, Um, So she also has a lot of fear living inside of her that she kind of takes out to share with Ash. Um, They also go to this party (laughs) that I was like, this party is interesting. Um, It's in what, like a warehouse? Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, there's all kinds of stuff going on there. It literally reminds me kind of like a gay circus. Um... Not that the circus isn't uh-huh. already, like, slightly intrinsically gay. gay. <laughs> but... um, and I, but there was a really cute moment throughout that. They were doing – it's basically, like, the newlyweds game, I think. Um, and they're, like, writing down each other's answers. And Ash and um, Rose win. I thought that was kind of cute because um, mm-hmm. it just shows, like, how much they're getting to know each other. And they've been working together on the project. That's, like, kind of the background of this whole story, like, why they hang out all the time. Um, And they've been, like, fighting their feelings for each other. You know, Ash is a little apprehensive because she has a lot of baggage. Rose likes Ash, but she also doesn't want to come off as, like, creepy or unprofessional because she's technically consulting on a project. But anyways, they win a free hotel night from playing the newlyweds game at the gay circus party. And guess what happens at the hotel? Cunnilingus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so that was good. And then, I mean, Rose conquers her fear of airplanes for Ash. That was a cute moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can go get some projects in the works for the movie pitch. Trying to think of other compelling, like huge plot points aside. From uh, my my big okay. So I guess we could talk about like what my biggest thing with this is. So throughout the book, at the beginning of the book, we're introduced to Rose, and she's like very dedicated to her career. She really wants to make partner, but at the end of the book, she gives up her career so that she can try something new with Ash. Now, listen, listen. They're moving just a little too fast. Okay, I know that it's a stereotype, okay? But she threw away her whole career for a woman she's only known for a month. And that is the reason why I could not give it a five. Because that is just, like, that is insane. Like, that is so crazy to me that you're going to give up your entire career that you're making. Where you're about to, like, make the partner and you're about to, like, have all this extra money. And, like, this is what you've been looking forward to. To try and do something that you've never done before. Which, by the way, is just ASMR, but for movies. Yeah, and, like, she... Throughout the book, she expresses discontent with 
her career in the sense that she feels like it was just kind of like a happenstance type thing and she was doing it to take care of her family that being said she is 38 so she has dedicated over a decade of her time to establishing herself and like even though she has an inclination towards like this isn't what she really wants to do and she's doing the ASMR kind of on the side you would think there would be more of like a soft transition right maybe you don't have to take the partner position but like totally just out of your job that's a little crazy mm-hmm. um that is a little crazy especially a lot new, crazy for a new relationship like that's the catalyst um i don't know and you would also think too i mean like it's it's almost like a joint endeavor between the two of them and you would think after how ash's marriage ended that she would have learned something from that um well she tries to like break up with rose for that reason but then they're yeah. like mm, actually no we shouldn't break up we're not gonna do that but like rose is i mean ash is at this point probably more well connected now that she's more into the hollywood scene again why could she not have just like passed her along to someone else kind of to do that sort of thing mm-hmm. i don't know um they have really good chemistry so i'm not saying it's a recipe for disaster but like i personally would not want to live and work with my spouse every day Mm -hmm. you gotta have something for yourself yeah that's kind of how i feel like uh off topic a little bit but like terry's work is hiring for like an office person and i'm like no I just, I don't want to work with you. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I need my own thing. You need your own thing. Like, we just. It's just too much. Like, I. Mm -hmm. You have to, when you're in a relationship, you have to maintain your individuality to some extent. And, like, it's not that the other person doesn't have a buy-in to everything that's going on in your life, right? Like, you. I made an active effort to be friends with, like, Terry's coworkers. They come to parties and stuff like that. Um, and you're invested in his career through, like, supporting him. But, like, I don't know. People are inherently, like, private in some regards. And so I think you do mm-hmm. need to maintain some level of, like, self in any relationship. And that can come from your job, from your hobbies, whatever. But, like, I don't know. I bless their hearts. Maybe they really, truly do love each other that much. But like waking up every day, going to work with your partner, going through all of the work stuff with your partner and then coming home. Like I like being able to come home and talk about my day to someone who doesn't know everything that happened. in it. it do you know what it reminds me of? It, the reason why I think, okay, so remember that episode of Parks and Recreation when Ben and Leslie are, like, working together on something and they, like, are running away from each other. To, or, like, Leslie's trying to get Ben to do... I can't remember what it is. But she's trying to get him to do something and he's, like, running away. And he's like, I'm in a public fountain now. And she goes, ha! The water's owned by the government! And so, like, <laughs> they're, like, arguing about work because they just can't escape it. Because anytime yeah. that they're at home together, they're not at home enjoying each other's company. They're at home working. So... That's what it kind of made me feel like is that you kind of need like a work-life balance. And I don't think that working with your spouse is like the best thing for most people. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. And I think like, I think it's especially not good for Ash. 
but it's a book, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have to yeah. totally make sense. Um, nope. Aside from that, the only thing I want to point out is, like, I love the relationship between the sisters. I thought that, like, mm-hmm. they were excellent side characters. They were all coming from, like, different places, too, right? Like, one of her sisters has a ton of kids. One of them is also gay. Um, and so, like, it's a good little group of them they all support each other super well I and although I did say that there's things like I personally would never say to my sisters that they say to each other like it does do a good job the author did a good job of like encapsulating what a sisterhood is um Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really nice representation and they also have both parties have really great friends on both sides throughout the book too supporting them um there weren't any side characters where I was like, oh my gosh, I love that side character. Like I did with Steph and Things We Never Got Over. He's one of my favorite side characters. Um, but the sister relationship was good. It was cute. I liked it. Um, I don't know. I can't really think of anything else. But I don't really have anything else to say. It was overall a pretty good plot. I mean, at some point, Ash and... Oop, Ash and Rose figure out that Rose is the ASMR lady and they almost break up over it because Rose is like, how dare you laugh at me? She's like, I wasn't laughing at you. But I don't know. I hate books where there's like a mini breakup that's like super inconsequential and that happened like a couple times throughout this book. But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, overall, I enjoyed this book. So if you're interested in reading it, and you've you're still here and you've heard all these spoilers i mean i guess you should maybe read it if you haven't but if you have read it i hope you guys liked it let us know what you thought about this book about our comments about the plot and whatnot indeed or some even some of the concepts we discussed mm-hmm. like asmr mm-hmm. and yeah how do you feel about asmr yeah <laughs> Let us know your thoughts about ASMR in the caption. Is we won't it creepy? judge you. Or are you interested? Yeah, we're not going to judge. Um, also, don't forget, before we go, to get some bookmarks. <laughs> yeah. Here. 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 little things on the back, too. Yes, they, some of them do. Yep. Some of um, so I guess all that's left is you to close off this episode. Indeed. Thank you for joining us. If you don't follow us on social media already, please go ahead and do that. It's at the Woody Banter Book Club on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and what am I forgetting? TikTok. TikTok. Oh, that's a big one. Oopsie. Um, If you are joining us from YouTube, hi. Thank you. Please, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe and give us a like um if you're listening to us on spotify or apple Podcasts, thank you for the support um please keep listening subscribe like all the good stuff we really appreciate all the support through all of our endeavors book reviews bookmarks x y and z we have a couple other projects we're working on too but those are going to be long-term projects so Thank you guys so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode with the Wood Banter Book Club. And as always, happy, happy reading! reading. <laughs>